Next hadith, حدثنا ابن أبي مريم أخبرنا محمد بن جعفر قال أخبرني زيد عن عياض بن عبد الله عن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه So Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu, he narrated that kharaja Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama fi adhan aw fitrin. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went out on adha or fitr. What is adha or fitr? Eid. Right? So it was one of the Eids. And he went out ila al-musalla to the place of prayer. Remember that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would perform salatul Eid in an open space. Summan sarafa. Then he went, meaning after the prayer he went, فَوَعَضَ nasa, And he admonished the people, وَأَمْرَهُمْ بِالصَّدَقَةِ And he instructed them to give charity. فَقَالَ أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ تَصَدَّقُوا O people, give charity. So first of all, he gave a general admonition, and he encouraged people to give charity. And then, فَمَرَّ عَلَى النِّسَاء And then he went by the women. He passed by the women. فَقَالَ And he said, يَا مَعْشَرَ النِّسَاءِ تَصَدَّقْنَا O women, give charity. And then he gave a warning. He added something over here. And what was that? The reason why you should give charity, you should pay special attention to giving charity, is that فَإِنِّي رَأَيْتُ كُنَّ أَكْثَرَ أَهْلِ النَّارِ Because I have seen you as majority of the people of the fire. Inshallah, we'll discuss this at the end of the hadith. فَقُلْنَا So the women said, وَبِمَ ذَلِكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And why is that, O Messenger of Allah? Why is it that the majority of the inhabitants of hell are women? قَالَ The Prophet ﷺ said, تُكْثِرْنَا اللَّعْنَ You curse a lot. وَتَكْفُرْنَا الْعَشِيرِ And you are ungrateful to the companion. And by the companion, what is meant is the husband. And then he said, مَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْ نَاقِصَاتِ عَقْلٍ وَدِينٍ I have not seen anyone who is deficient in terms of aql and deen. Aql as in intelligence and deen meaning religion. Deficient in terms of intelligence and religion. But still it's amazing that adhaba can easily take away hazim that the mind of a very determined man can easily be moved, can easily be changed by who? Min kunna ya nisa by one of you, O women. Inshallah, we'll discuss this also. Thumman sarafa, then he went away. Falamma sara ila manzilihi, and then when he went to his home, jaat Zainab. Zainab radiallahu anha came. Who was this Zainab? Imra'at ibn Mas'ud, the wife of the companion Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. تَسْتَأْذِنُ عَلَيْهِ And she was taking permission to come. فَقِيلَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ هَذِهِ زَيْنَبِ So it was said to the Prophet ﷺ, this is Zainab. She's here, meaning she wants to ask something. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, أَيُّ الزَّيَانِبِ Which Zainab? فَقِيلَ إِمْرَأَةُ بْنِ مَسْعُودِ The wife of Ibn Mas'ud. قَالَ نعم إذن لها he said yes allow her فأذن لها so she was allowed to come in قالت يا نبي الله she said O Messenger of Allah إنك أمرت اليوم بالصدقة you have commanded today that we should give صدقة وكان عندي حلي لي and I have some jewelry that belongs to me it's my personal property فأردت أن أتصدق به and I wish to give charity by giving that 
فزعم ابن مسعودن But Ibn Mas'ud, my husband, he's saying that he is more deserving, him and his children are more deserving of that, that I should give it to them before looking for some poor person outside. فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, صَدَقَ ابْنُ مَسْعُودِ Ibn Mas'ud has spoken the truth. زَوْجُكِ وَوَلَدُكِ أَحَقُّ مَنْ تَصَدَّقْتِ بِهِ عَلَيْهِمْ That your husband and your child are more deserving that you spend on them. A lot of things in this hadith, the gist of this hadith, what do we see here? That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم advised the women to give charity. And what happened? Zainab رضي الله عنها, she intended to give charity. And what did she intend to give? She wanted to give her jewelry. But her husband, Ibn Mas'ud, was also a very poor man, as we will see. And he thought that, you know, she should spend it on who? On the people of the house. Him and the children. But, of course, when you want to give some big charity, you want to give it outside. So that's what she wanted to do. So she went to the Prophet ﷺ to ask him. And he said that, yes, if she gives it at home, it will be better. Now, this is the reason why Imam Bukhari brings this hadith, again, to prove that before looking outside, you should look at the people who are closest to you. All right, And remember that, that this is a very important rule that we have been given in our religion, that you begin by taking care of your needs. Right? In general, when it comes to spending. That first you help yourself. Then you help the people who are closest to you. And then you expand the circle. It's like when you're on the plane, what do they say? Put your mask on first. Right? And then, then who? Then somebody else. Because if you help somebody else before you help yourself, then it's possible that nobody gets helped. So first you help yourself, then the people who are closest to you, and then you expand the circle. So also when it comes to charity, you begin by relatives. Which relatives? Those who are closest to you. Now, there are some other things in this hadith which I'm sure you are wondering about, you have questions about. A lot of people get very surprised by this hadith. Some people even get offended and some even wonder if these are the words of the Prophet wasallam. What do we see in this hadith? We see that the Prophet ﷺ especially advised the women that you should give charity. And he gave a reason. He said that because I have seen that majority of the people of hell are women. And the women asked that why is that the case? And the Prophet ﷺ told them the reason. So he told them to give charity as a safety measure right, against hellfire. Why? Because women are at higher risk, you can say. No, seriously. Now, if someone tells you that you are at a higher risk of a certain disease, for instance, would you get offended over there? That how dare you insult me and my family and my genetics? Yeah? Would you be offended over there? No, you wouldn't. You would ask that what makes me, you know, higher risk? Or you would ask that, okay, what should I do? What can I change in my life, in my diet, right? That will allow me to, you know, live healthy. Remember that the Prophet ﷺ's responsibility was to warn us against every possible harm and to inform us about every possible benefit. This was his responsibility. He was sent as a nadir, as a warner. And sometimes a warner has to say things which are not very pleasing to the ears. But the warner has to do his job. The Prophet ﷺ informed us about everything that we need to know so that we can save ourselves from the fire. 
and everything that we need to know so that we can safely get to Jannah. So this was actually his ihsan on us, his kindness on us that he informed us about this. Alright, so it should not be something that we should get offended by. Like if a doctor informs you that you are at high risk of this, or you know, an accountant tells you that the way you're managing your your accounts is really not pretty, right? You know, you're at great risk. So you wouldn't get offended over there. You would you would actually seek their advice that okay, please tell me more. What can I do to fix my situation? And then we see that the Prophet didn't just make them feel bad. No, he told them, you know, what the risk was, and he also gave them the solution. And what was the solution? That they should give sadaqah more. That women should give sadaqah, a lot of sadaqah. Why sadaqah? Because sadaqah expiates sins. It extinguishes the fire of sins like water extinguishes fire. It repels evil. It leads to a good end. And on the day of judgment, a person will be under the shade of his charity. So the Prophet ﷺ gave a very good solution over here. Now these women, they asked the Prophet ﷺ that why is it that women will be uh, the majority of the inhabitants of hell? This question was not to object, but to really find out. So what was his answer? His answer was basically three things. Three reasons why a lot of women will end up in hell. Firstly, they curse a lot. Now this doesn't mean that men don't curse. You see a lot of work that women have to do, I mean in general, when you look at the female population, right? And you look at any place in general, a lot of women end up doing what kind of work? Housework, right? Even if they are professionals, they have a career, they will still come home and load the dishwasher, isn't it? They still have to come home and look after the children, or the children will still go to them. And a lot of this work is frustrating. It can get very frustrating. It's not very rewarding. You spend a whole day cleaning the house, and what's going to happen? The next day, it's messy again, right? It's not very rewarding. The next minute, yeah. So it's never ending. So it's very easy for women to get short-tempered, to get stressed out quickly. And this stress comes out in words. This frustration comes out how? In words. Against who? Against the heavy pots and pans. Against the dirty dishes. Sometimes against the children. Sometimes against, you know, even people. The leaky faucet. So, I mean, this frustration comes out. So, we have to be honest with ourselves and I mean, acknowledge this. So, there's two things over here. First of all, you try to fix your language that, that no matter how frustrated you are, you don't curse. You don't curse. Right? Laran is to curse. And there are many expressions in every language which really don't mean, they don't really have good meanings, right? But very commonly, women will will say these things. I mean, I've heard women saying such bad words, you know, when holding a dish, when carrying a dish. I've witnessed this myself. I've seen it, right? So the first thing is that, of course, you fix your tongue. But at the same time, you compensate for your mistakes by giving sadaqah, right? You compensate. For your mistakes by giving sadaqah. This is very similar to the hadith that we read earlier in this chapter. That fitnatul rajuli fi ahlihi wa waladihi wa jarihi tukafiruha as-salatu wa sadaqatu wal-ma'roof. Right? That the fitna of a man with regards to his wife. And somebody had asked over there that what about the woman? That what about when a woman is unjust or, you know, makes mistakes with respect to her family? So this is what we see here in this hadith. So the solution to that also is sadaqah. The second reason 
the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is that you are very ungrateful to the companion, meaning to the husband. In another hadith, we learn you know, more detail of this. They asked the Prophet ﷺ how, and he explained that, you know, for example, one of you remains in the house of your parents for a very long time, and then she gets married, and then the husband is so good to her, does so many things, and then he, one day he does something that upsets her, and she says, I have never seen any good from you. This is the kufran, that I've never seen any good in you, that dismissive of all the good that he has done that all of that is washed away. Now again, women are in this position. Why? Because in general, within a marriage, a woman is at the receiving end. How so? That the husband is you know, financially providing. Husband is making the, the major decisions. You know, For example, husband is making the main purchases. Right? He's, he's taking care of the bank accounts. He's taking care of the flights. He's taking care of the packing also. And, you know, like so many things women rely on their husband. So women are mostly on the receiving end of this relationship, mostly. And so, of course, the husband will disappoint because he's, he's human. So kufran is completely dismissing all the favors that he has shown. So how to fix this? By focusing on the positives. All right, by expressing gratitude and also by giving sadaqah. Also by giving sadaqah. The third thing that's mentioned in this hadith, the third reason, is that they use, that a lot of women use their strengths in the wrong way. How? That they're able to mislead the most determined of men. Being able to convince someone is actually a strength. And this is a strength that women have been given. That they can convince a man, they can change the mind of a man. Have you heard that uh, story about Thousand Nights or something? That this woman, basically she was supposed to be killed or something. And every night she would tell the king a story. Arabian Nights, right? So every night she would tell him a story. And so basically he wouldn't kill her. So she lived for a thousand nights like this. And he didn't kill her. I don't know if it happened for real or not, but the point is that a woman has this ability to really convince a man. And this is a strength, if you think about it, because Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun, she made him change his mind. Isn't it? Fir'aun was who? Rajulun Hazim. Like he had, you know, made his mind that every child of, of Bani Israel, male child, was going to be killed. Right? And then when Musa ended up in Fir'aun's house, Fir'aun said, Uqtuluhu, kill him. But Asiya said, La taqtuluhu, don't kill him. Because he's so beautiful, he's so cute, and perhaps I can take him as my child. And so on and so forth. She went about expressing her feelings, and Fir'aun's heart also melted over there. So a lot of women have this ability that they have men wrapped around their fingers. Is that an expression? Right? I mean, many women have this strength. But here we see that even the most determined of men can lose his determination because of his weakness before a woman. And what is meant is that many men end up making wrong decisions because of women. Now, this doesn't mean that it's always the woman's fault. No, a man is also responsible for his decisions. Right? If he decides to say something, if he decides to do something, the point is that a woman is a man's weakness. You understand? 
weakness. So uh, here we see that uh, the Prophet ﷺ is expressing his amazement over here. And he mentions that naqisat, that even though many women are deficient in terms of intellect and deficient in terms of deen. What's the deficiency in intellect? It doesn't mean that all women are slow and dumb and they don't know much. This is not the meaning. You see, in general, especially women of that time, I mean, it wasn't very common for even men to know how to read and write. Then what do you expect from the women? And also when it comes to deen, of course, a woman is deficient in terms of her deen. So for example, if she's not praying for half her life, there is deficiency over there. So he's expressing his amazement here that you have so much ability, but this ability is misused. So many times a woman will end up misleading others. You understand? This is the fault here, that many times a woman will misleading others. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, not just that time, but also, I mean, in general, that it's possible that, you know, for example, if a woman is trying to, it happens in some situations that, that a woman is trying to have an argument with, let's say, a male relative, and she's not able to convince him with, with her argument. But the moment she will cry, what will happen? Right? He will, his heart will melt. So it, it doesn't mean that a woman is always deficient in aql. But comparatively, in some situations, it is possible. But it doesn't matter. Even if a woman is deficient intellectually, she can still overpower a very intellectual and determined man. Right? You understand? That despite her deficiency in intellect sometimes, she is able to overpower an intelligent man. So this hadith shows that a bad tongue, an ungrateful attitude, and misleading people, these are actions that take one to hell. And this is not just limited to women. A bad tongue, and this is mentioned in the Quran in so many places, This is who? A person who insults others at their face or behind their back. Woe to him. Right? Meaning punishment for him. So uh, a bad tongue and an ungrateful attitude and misleading people, all of these things uh, can take one to hell. So we see over here that Zainab radiallahu anha, she took this matter very seriously. Right? When she heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa saying this, she really took it to heart and she decided to give something in charity. Now we learn in another narration that she actually said to her family that لَقَدْ شَغَلْتَنِي أَنْتَ وَوَلَدُكَ عَنِ الصَّدَقَةِ She said to Ibn Mas'ud that you and your children, you know, because of you I'm not able to give much charity. So she was feeling guilty. So she wanted to give charity outside. Now, the thing is that Zainab radiallahu anha, her name is also narrated as Ra'ita. Zainab radiallahu anha, she was a wealthy woman. Uh, she used to make things with her hands and she would sell them and and earn an income. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu on the other hand was a poor man. Alright? So technically a husband is supposed to spend on his wife. Right? But here what was happening was Ibn Mas'ud did not have enough. 
So, but Zainab radiallahu anha, she had money, so she would spend on the family. This is also permissible. Even though she's not required to. She's not required to spend, but she can. And if she does, there is a lot of reward for her. So she wanted to give charity outside because she didn't think that this was charity. Right? So when she went to the Prophet ﷺ, she got her answer that she can give sadaqah at home. Uh, one thing you should know about Ibn Mas'ud عنه, that he was no ordinary companion. Right? He was a big deal. He was the sixth person to embrace Islam. And the Prophet ﷺ said that if anyone wishes to learn the Qur'an, then he should learn it from this and this and this person. And one of them was Ibn Mas'ud He was the first person to recite Qur'an publicly. And he recited so beautifully that the Prophet ﷺ would ask him to recite sometimes. And in one narration we learned that Ibn Mas'ud recited the Qur'an, the Prophet ﷺ was listening to him. And when Ibn Mas'ud looked at him, the Prophet ﷺ was crying profusely. Ibn Mas'ud said that I have learned 70 surahs directly from the Prophet ﷺ. So he was the mufassir of Qur'an also, the one who gave the explanation of the Qur'an. He's described as Hibrul Ummah, the scholar of the Ummah. But on the other hand, Ibn Mas'ud who was a poor man. You know, we associate poverty with laziness. And that's not always true. Abdullah bin Mas'ud was also very short in height. It is said that he was barely one dhirar tall. And dhirar is like one meter. So he was actually very short. And he had very thin legs. And once his legs got exposed and people saw, and they started laughing. And the Prophet ﷺ asked, what makes you laugh? And they said that we just saw his legs. And the Prophet ﷺ said that by the one in whose hand is my soul, these two legs are heavier in the scale than Mount Uhud. Heavier than Mount Uhud. Imagine. Why? Because this man had the Qur'an. Alright. Then we see here uh, one more thing, final thing, that a woman has a right to do with her wealth as she pleases. Her wealth belongs to her. Because, you see, she went to the Prophet wasallam. she asked him, what do I do with this? And he did not say, well, it belongs to your husband anyway. It's shared property. He said that, Yes, you should give it to them. You should spend it on them and you will get reward for it. So this shows that a woman's property is hers. So she has the right to do whatever she wants to with it. She can spend it. Uh, she can keep it. It's it's up to her. Okay. Would you like to say anything? Allahu a'lam. It's, it's quite possible because this is true that over time this will happen, so much so that 50 women to one man. So of course if there is you know, a bigger population, that means, of course, statistically, yes. But the Prophet ﷺ mentioned these reasons here. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's, naqs is to be less. Okay? It's basically when, when something falls short, it's not full. Okay, it's not up to par. The word is aql. Aql is intellect. It's not knowledge. But this is also very beautiful that Ibn Mas'ud did not, you know, just say to her that, you know what, I'm the husband, I'm telling you, so you listen to me. He told her, go ask the Prophet ﷺ. And really sometimes it happens that there are people in your house, in your family who are more deserving 
and you don't see their need or you don't give importance to it. Yes, I mean, this was only women and the Prophet ﷺ advised them. And you see, this was Eid and from other narrations we learned that, I mean, of course, the men were on one side in the front and the women were in the back and there was no microphone so his voice did not reach the women. And so many times it happens that even if the microphone is on, women are busy talking, they're not really listening. It's unfortunate, right? That the khatra is going on and the women are talking. Uh, so uh, we see that the Prophet ﷺ especially went to the women and he advised them separately. And he made them feel the importance of giving charity. Yes. The women did not really, I mean, they asked him that, why is that so? فَقُلْنَا وَبِمَا ذَلِكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ That why is it that majority of the inhabitants of hell will be women? They asked him, but this asking was not to challenge him. They wanted to know sincerely what the reason was. That it should not be generalized that every woman is like that. I mean, there are women whose tongue is so clean, mashallah, and there are men whose tongue is really horrible. They're always cursing. So this is not something to be generalized. But women are a lot of women. And this is something that I can say with personal experience also, that you know you find yourself in frustrating situations where you don't know what to do except to say something. I mean, that's the only way that you can express your frustration because you can't change the situation. Like, for example, if your two-year-old is screaming constantly, and you're exhausted, what are you going to do? Right? One or two words come out in, in anger or in irritation. So this is something that we need to pay attention to, extra attention to, that let's watch our language.